What's up, guys? It's producer Justin. Just letting you know that we're doing a rebroadcast today. We had a few things arise. So uh, enjoy this episode, one of our most downloaded episodes, with uh, J.D. Gleason about the 6-4 power stroke. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, uh, we want to talk a little bit about buying stuff on Craigslist. Are people still using Craigslist? I mean, I still do. Uh, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace is another big one that I'm starting to use. That is the one that I think I do most of my used shopping on. Yeah, yeah. I just had a recent vehicle that I sold by a Craigslist ad. So the guy saw it on Craigslist, would not actually reach out to me because, you know, Craigslist, there's a lot of scamming going on right now. Right. Um, And then he ended up finding my ad on Facebook, uh, looked me up, actually downloaded and listened to our podcast. Oh. And that's how he called me. Oh. Really, really weird. Uh, So that was cool. Um, So yeah, uh, this past weekend I went and uh, did a, I was our customer back at the shop. Okay. So I am the new proud owner of a uh, 300,000 mile crew cab short bed LB7. Clapped the fuck. I haven't even seen it. I saw no, a picture. It, it, uh, it looked halfway nice, but I just can't believe that you bought a nice vehicle. It's it's <laughs> it's uh it's not it's a it's going to be a good work truck for someone. You know, I bought it. So one of the things I do on the side is I buy vehicles, fix them up, sell them. Um just yeah. It's going to be a nice work truck for someone. That's all the description I need. Mint yeah. one owner adult yeah. driven. So, you know, I got uh like I said a, a crew cab, it doesn't run. Um got a bunch of paperwork for parts. Um had one of my buddies who's a tech, not going to mention names, come out, look at it. Um, literally right before this recording, I went and ordered a couple parts. They'll be here this week. Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, play with some stuff, try to see if we can get it running. Uh, we actually had it running last night already. Okay. Um, but it needs like a fuel filter head. The, the general LB7 stuff. We're going to get a pump, put a pump in it. We're going to do a fuel filter head, um, run some new fuel lines, things like that. I um, love it. I but love yeah, it. you know, it's a cool, you know, it's, it's a cool project. It's funny because... A customer calls in or an end user calls in and they're like, oh, I'm having this problem with their truck. And I can spit the game. Like, hey, you touch this, you, 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 you check these things. I'm sitting there yesterday in my buddy's shop. I'm looking at my laptop, looking at my V2, looking at the truck, looking at him. He's like, so what are we doing? I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I had to take a step back. But, uh, you know, it's fun. It's a learning experience. It's nice. I, I'm not a mechanic. I don't wrench on anything. I mean, I've worked on a couple of my own stuff. But right. it's... Uh, it's nice to tinker and uh, you know, kind of play around, and you know, it's it's a gamble. Um, I I am money out on a truck that now I have to invest my time into to potentially get and, my money back out and more money, right? And more money, yeah. But it's cool, you know what? It it's one of those things. Um, work hard, take a risk. You know, it's all part of it. I've been doing this for years. Before I worked for Nick, this is what I did for a couple of years. I didn't have a job. So yeah, you I were just a bum. Point I remember. Out. Yeah, homeless. I was not a bum. Right. Um, I had a I had a badass second gen. I saw you begging for change with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so you know, it's just <laughs> it's nice to go back to my roots. I have the free time. I like to utilize it, and you know, it's a hobby of mine. At the same time, it's productive. Better than going to the bar drinking. So I don't know about that, but but it's fun. I mean, nonetheless. I'm not broke. Well, <laughs> debatable, but we'll see. Right again, yeah. fun nonetheless. And you know, it was cool because then I was able to take uh, my 15. You know, I so I bought our old shop truck, right, right Ram from box. Nick, the Ram yep. Box. So it has uh, the emissions still on Come it. Daddy. Come yep. Daddy, yes. Uh, next month, the new plates come in. Nick is you did not, not gonna, Nick's not going to be happy with that. You're such a dork. Yeah. So uh, the Come Daddy, as I call it, uh, it's got an ATS. <laughs> compound setup on it. We've done a drive along in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great truck. 
the truck, truck, I just want to point out, you know, a lot of guys, uh, I, I made a, a post on Instagram and Facebook about guys that think they need to, like, delete the truck um, or any of the trucks. Yeah, did to, you get some hate for that? I read that No, comment. dude, I've had, it was actually, like, you know, I don't have, like, a million followers or anything. I have a couple thousand followers, this and that. But uh, the likes and the people that commented, it was actually positive. Like, people are actually inquiring, got a couple PMs, you know, guys asking how the truck operated, regeneration uh, intervals, things like that. Educated questions. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to kind of be in a truck that's kind of in the forefront of that. It, it is my daily driver. I, I put 20,000 miles on that truck in this last year. Damn. So between traveling and, and you know, just driving it every day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, drove to Chicago, which from my house, it's about an hour and a half drive uh, with, uh, you know, our bumper pull trailer, loaded this truck up. You didn't even feel 8,000 pounds, 8,500 pounds behind no. you. The truck just, yeah. it towed like a dream. So, you know, it's just really cool to kind of be part of that. Letter eat. Yeah, man. Love it. Speaking of... Speaking of new stuff new going stuff, on at the shop. Yeah, you so, got You got new trucks. Uh, we got some new shop, new new trucks yeah. over in the shop. So this is kind of one of those Craigslist ordeals all over again. Um, so uh, there was a video that uh, you uh, had uh, published last week through the Duramax Tuner, or a couple weeks when this airs uh, from the Duramax Tuner page. Well, we did. So so for our listeners, we did the Humvee ride along. Yep. That's what we're talking about. The LBZ Allison the swapped LBZ into the Hummer. Humvee. Yep. Um, now that, that truck, we... Somebody else had built it. A customer built it. Yeah. Blair Outland of XI Diesel or usedh1.com. And we've done some interviews with uh, some of his employees yeah. on some on Conversion Month uh, on Conversion Month, that's right. That's or was right. that last year? That was this year. Yeah, it, it, it was it, a time. It was a while It was ago. a time in the past. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, so we had that truck in. Now, we had a lot of fun with that truck. It was We cool. got to take it off-roading. We mm-hmm. got to take it drag racing. We got to do burnouts on the street. Yes. Although none of those made it to the video, I noticed. No, no. Um, but, yeah, so, so we did get to have a lot of fun with that truck. So much fun fun that so somebody so got f- caught up in the fever of a Humvee yeah. conversion. So just for starters, Nick uh, Pregnance, you know, Duramax Tuner Calibrated Powers owner, uh, he's been wanting to build one for a while. Like, he's got a soft spot for Hummers. He's got a soft spot for, like, just military stuff in general, I feel, and just weird out yeah. of whack stuff. I've had a few M2 conversations yeah, with him yeah. that I thought were just, why are we talking about this? So anytime he needs Craigslist, eBay negotiations, he usually weasels me into something somehow, some he weasels the weasel. Weasels the weasel. <laughs> I am I am the fucking gopher. Uh, so yeah, long story short, um, did a deal. We ended up picking up a 95 hardtop wagon. Hummer. Hummer. Right. Uh Super badass. We have it in the shop already. Um, we're in the process of disassembly. Um, I got some really good video on it. Yeah, today. yeah. And uh, I mean, this is like, this is a little different than the camo Hummer that we have at the shop. Blair's. I was just going to mention here. So when when we initially got the Humvee from Blair, uh, everybody kept saying that there there was uh, this was military dressed yeah. and civilian dressed, and I really didn't know the difference. No I rode around in some H twos and H threes in my life, but and those never, to me were civilian dressed. That was that's yeah. what I thought civilian dressed was. I thought they just meant a whole new generation. Yeah. That no 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 no. no. Hummer had a civilian dressed yeah, version. H one, and that yeah. that's essentially what we have. So it has all the amenities. It's you know kind of like a loaded. 95, if you will. Um, I love that. A loaded 95. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it has really nice interior. It's got a full sound system, carpet, sound deadening. Like, it's the real deal. The guy that we got it from, so the, the truck came out of the Northeast. Yep. Um, it was used for off-roading. Um, it shows it. I mean, it's no show queen. It's a Hummer for crying out loud. Um, but we are dismantling the whole thing. Um, it had a naturally aspirated 6.2 in it. Um, and we're going to work 
going to put a built LVZ motor in it. Um, so we're going to do... Allegedly. Yeah. No, uh, the, the final go-ahead... Uh, Did we, you get the donor truck yet? Uh, we're not doing a donor truck. We actually have everything already at the shop. So uh, harness and everything that's needed to kind of do the conversion on top of um, the conversion kit that we're going to be getting from uh, Pila Motorsports. Oh, hey, so, Adam. Um, we're, the plan here is, is to kind of build a truck similar to... Uh, what Blair's truck was essentially, yeah. um, maybe a little more fuel, a little more power, you know, a little more never hurts. Um, but it'll host like our Stealth 67 VVT, um, which is a nice test bed. Um, we've gone back and forth about the plans for this truck. Yeah, Chris and yeah. I have. Um, I I had some different ideas of where we should go with it. Chris, we've had Chris had some some ton valid points of different, and you did too. I, I for starters, um, guys, I never give Paul credit. I try not to. That which is um, a good idea, yeah. but. The original game plan that we had, I mean, let's face it, we our shop and, and the resources that we have access to, we could probably make anything happen or, or within reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's possible, we yeah. could do it. But we need to do something that is going to inspire end users, something that's going to be like, damn, that's cool, you know? Uh, and, and some of the practicality around some of the conversions that we were talking about just really wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, what conversion is practical? Not many, but, you know, again, within reason. Right. So, Yeah. Can you feel the tension, listeners? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm just joking. So Chris and I have gone back and forth on this. Uh, we both had some valid points about mm-hmm. what we wanted out of it, and I think we've settled kind of somewhere in the middle, yeah. or realistic Nick has settled somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. throughout all of this. Uh, what's really awesome is we're going to be able to get to document this yeah. as we go forward, so you guys will be hearing updates through the podcast about this project. We also, of course, have the LBZ budget build that's now in our hands. Yes. Um, Listeners, this is a really cool truck that Chris and I stumbled into now getting to yeah. run point on. Uh, we got a few months to do something with it, and we have legitimately no ideas. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys have ideas of what we should do with our LBZ budget build, that's our four-door long bed Just, 2006, yeah, 2006 LBZ. LBZ. Uh, it's it's already set up for work stock sled or, pulling. Or our Canadian listeners, LBZ. LBZ. Yep, there you go. Way to be inclusive. Hey, man. Uh, just, thinking, <laughs> just thinking here. Staying PC around here. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so if you guys have ideas of what we should do with that or what you guys would like to see go on that, uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, give us some feedback about the LBZ. The, the Hummer Project feel free to send us your feedback, although I don't know where that'll go. It seems like there's another wind that's carrying that project along. Here's the reality, right? So when a project that Duramax Tuner does, that's Nick's project. I'll just be very transparent. Nick comes to us and gets feedback of what we think, but ultimately it's his decision. Uh, The project, the budget build, um, as that's ultimately Nick's decision, we have more leverage because we go to Nick, hey, this is what we want to do. And then us as, I mean, Paul's a sales guy, I'm a sales guy, we sell him on the value of him spending company money on that. Yeah, yeah. I like to phrase that as uh, we present him with great ideas and allow him to make the best decision. Right. But we (laughs) might lean one way more so than the other. Absolutely. So so we are looking for ideas on the LBZ uh, budget build. If you guys got any ideas or something you want to see us do with that truck, or if there's an event you want to see us get that truck out to, plan ahead. uh, We'd love to talk to you, man. Contact us now because 2018 gets scheduled like by the end of January. 2019 gets scheduled by the end of January. We know where that truck is going to be all year. Uh, So get a hold of us on that. Chris, I did want to dive in. 
we did that Diesel Insights on on Blair's Humvee. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, jump on YouTube, jump on Facebook. It's like 50,000 views yeah. on Facebook right now. It's been really popular. Um, My dad, who can barely use a fucking computer or a cell phone for crying out loud, like he doesn't realize I text him. He's like, oh, I saw that video that you guys posted on my phone. I'm like, you follow our work page? He's like, yeah, I, on Facebook. I I'm think. like, I didn't even know you had a Facebook, Dad. Cool. I tell you, I tell you the story about my dad was really proud when he he was looking over the shoulder of somebody at Walmart and their grandkid was like, no, grandma, you don't got to do that. You just hit the backspace button. Oh, yeah, no, he, he was as proud as a father could ever be of himself for learning that you could hit backspace in a text message. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it typewriter? explained so, so many much. text messages Man. that I've gotten from him in the past. <laughs> I was like, what that's the awesome. fuck are you sending? Yeah, That's awesome. Good stuff. Big shout out, Dad, because uh, you <laughs> You're not gonna listen will to this. never <laughs> figure out the technology to listen to a podcast, right? Chuck. Uh, speaking of technology, XRG forefront of performance engineering. Uh, Common rail that. injection systems. There you go. You said it, man. Amen. Nailed it. Uh, guys, you you know we talk about XRG in every episode, not only because they're the sponsor, one of our uh, sponsors of the show, but also because we've worked with them forever. I think yeah. well before they ever agreed to a sponsorship, we were recommending yeah. XRG. It's, it's what we use in our vehicles. It's what we use in our customer vehicles. It's what we use in our shop vehicles. And that's because we can trust their consistency and also because we believe in their technology and their testing. Okay. Uh, and one of the things their, their testing kind of tends to point them towards is how do you make injectors last? And as winter approaches man, man, and cold man. start videos start, uh, there's two things that we want to hit on for today's Exergy do's and don'ts. Chris, do you want the do or the don't? Uh, you know what? I'll take the do um, just because there's a couple of stories that kind of pop up on me real quick. Do it to it. You know, guys, uh, maybe maybe the guys out in California, Florida, Texas, you know, you're probably not dealing with the same type of weather us uh, Midwestians are or East Coast guys. Um but weather's changing. The the fuel and, and the additives that are being thrown into the fuel are changing. So your fuel mileage is going to tend to drop and things like that. Please don't call me about that. Please, please, please. But, um, you know, you, you want to be careful here. Uh, if you're in a scenario like, you know, you have a couple trucks and you don't drive them frequently and you have fuel from the summer, a summer blend, and it's now 30 degrees, 25 degrees out, and you go to drive the truck, it's probably going to gel up. And to be clear, you're talking about the fuel and the additives from the pump, not your own additives. And that's something we're going to touch on. Yeah. Um, so the weather is changing. You know, maybe even if you don't have your full lifespan on your fuel filter, swap it out just to be proactive. Uh, run the truck out of its fuel that's currently in there. If it's been sitting for a while, get some fresh fuel in there. One of the things I want to touch on is there was a local gentleman who uh, grew up not far from me. He grew up next town over from me. And he actually works for one of the big uh, fuel supply companies out in, like, right over the border in Wisconsin. And I had asked him, I was like, you know, what do you do about additives, you know, in the winter and this and that? And he was like, don't run them. And I'm like, well, why? Why wouldn't you run additives? And he brought out a couple of, of points that I had never even thought of. Different fuel companies that blend their own fuel will actually use an additive, right? They'll use a specific additive to blend their fuel for winter purpose. Right. Well, you go to the fuel pump station, right? And you fill it up. And there's like two or three like main additives out there. You go and you fill up. Let's say you add additive to your fuel. 
let's say that additive is the opposite additive that was added to that fuel in the first place. Right. Chemical imbalance. It does a, uh, a direct opposite of what you were initially anticipating it for you so to you do. So you were looking to increase lubrication and have or less just, viscosity. And were, because of the chemicals yes. that were already blended in there, trying you're to lower the, the gel, the drought, the, you know, the gel temperature or whatever that looks like. Yeah. So you know, the one thing that he told me, he was like, whatever fuel you get, he's like, be consistent. Stick with those fuel stations, run that fuel, don't add any additive into the mix. He was like, you know, uh, that you would buy over the counter. He goes, and don't go to the cheapest place. Hua. So, you know, make sure, you know, again, the, the, just because it's 10 cents here, 20 cents here, stick to where you go. Yeah. You know, be high traffic fuel station, have you, whatever that looks like. Um, it's funny you bring this up, Chris. There's actually, there's a lost episode of this podcast yeah. that we never got to publish where we interviewed the guys from a company called Amalgamated. Yeah. And they specialize in commercial grade and commercial volume of fuel additives. Uh, most most commonly around like fleets with six liters, yeah. right? Uh, and one of the things that they brought to our attention was that Anything you can afford on the shelf at a gas station for diesel additive literally has to be watered down to the point that the chemistry in that bottle, so the actual chemicals in that bottle, the volume of it is so low, Mm -hmm. it's probably not worth the money. And it's sad that that's kind of where the market has gone for that uh, because I know I've always been anecdotal uh, about saying that, like, how's always worked for me. I run it all winter. I follow the instructions on the bottle. Well, and it's I think, always worked for me. But that's not the same as saying that's not the same as proof. Well, right? I, I think that's what's anecdotal funny, experience. I think what's funny here is I want to touch on something, but I want you to handle the don't yeah. first. Because this is all gonna tie in together. I love it. Okay. Uh don't run two stroke oil, gasoline, or any other stupid ideas for additives. You're not increasing lubricity, you're not preventing gelling. What you're doing is ruining your injection right. system. So We'll touch on, you know, we'll stick with LB7, you know, just because we talked about it in the beginning. It's very common for guys when they have hazing injectors that they'll add two-stroke oil because their buddy at the local GM shop or the dealer, whatever, says to do that. You got to get the debris off of there. Right. What that's doing is is it is is allowing for there to be less tolerance or movement within the injector pintle itself. Okay. And all it's doing is sealing up whatever the leakage or blockage is in the fuel. It's thickening up the fuel per se. Once the two-stroke oil is out of the system, your injectors are still shit. It's right. not helping aid anything. And they also reduce lubricity. It does. They don't increase yeah. lubricity. Don't well, believe what they tell you. Science proves it It decreases lubricity. Gasoline, same thing. Yeah. Guys will put gasoline. So corrosive. I've heard this so many times from like old-school mechanical injection guys. Like, oh, you're putting 30 gallons of uh, diesel in your truck? Run a gallon or two of gasoline in there, too. Gasoline's not going to gel, and that's the thought process in the wintertime. On a Maybe, you know, uh, on a mechanical injected truck, you could probably get away with it. Sure. You know, you get away with a lot of shit. I could probably put sand in the fucking fuel system and it would stay running. On a common rail system? Not happening. I would stay the hell away from it. And stay away from, you know, your. there are going to be guys out there that, oh, I blend my own fuel, you know, whatever that, biodiesel, whatever that is. Great. If it's working for you, do it. I'm not putting it in mine. I know the cost of the stuff. <laughs> but one of the things, you know, kind of doing with the do's and don'ts this this episode is guys will call in and they'll ask me, what additive do you run? I don't. Well, what do you do? I keep my truck over a half a tank, and I drive the truck. Yeah, I run fuel. I'm very specific with a couple stations, especially in the winter months. And I change my fuel filter. You know, generally every eight thousand ish miles. You know, every right. few months I'm doing an oil change. I'll do a fuel filter. Um, fast does say like we had a fast rep here not long ago, and they say thirty thousand miles. Yeah, you can go water uh, water separator and fuel filter. 
I am not going against anything that they say. I've always had fast well, on my trucks. Because you can go 30,000. doesn't can, mean right. I would. <laughs> well, I mean, and generally the newer trucks, you can go 10,000 on an oil change. I usually do it every four or five. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm going to practice what I preach, you know, that kind of thing. I don't believe in additives. I don't run it in my own truck. I'm not going to challenge anyone to say something otherwise. If it works for you, keep that recipe going. All I know is, is I've owned diesels for 12 years. Um, I've never not been able to make it to work because my shit won't start. And that's like my old school 7.3, my common rail, and mechanical injected 5.9s, and you know now the 6.7, and the plethora of TDIs. My my fifteen hundred dollar budget beaters, baby, <laughs> love those things. So, you know, I, it doesn't. I don't add additive. It works, and I'll uh, continue to do that. I dig it. All right. Well, uh, speaking of another great company and a sponsor of the show, we're gonna slide right on over to the WC Fab from Facebook segment Ooh, of today's show. Uh, Slater Barefoot. Okay. Hi, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Was wondering if y'all have done a podcast about how to start your own diesel performance shop. I want to start my own in the future, but I have no idea where to start and how to get it going. Also, what connections would be great to have for a startup shop? And I think it would be cool if y'all talked about how to get into a diesel career on the podcast. Man, that's that kind of hit home. That I hits home it. for a lot of us. I, I think. love it. I think we've hit on on this like maybe in a in a segment yeah. before. So longtime listeners, you might have heard us kind of talk about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle the career thing first. Uh, number one, we love enthusiasts. This is one of those industries that formal education is really, really hard to come by because there's not a formal educator, a certification you can get in diesel performance. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is have a truck and get involved. Mm -hmm. You need to go to your local sled poles, your local diesel drags, whatever the local diesel guys are doing, you really got to get involved in that crowd. You got to get involved in that industry. You got to start being an enthusiast first. And then you can follow your passions. Now, some guys are going to be real obvious here and go after a mechanics degree. Yep. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Do it, man. Like you, you're still going to need a formal yep. education to be a mechanic. Um, but to get into like the diesel performance industry, you're going to need to match that kind of general formal education with some real world personal hands-on experience. Yep. That's what we're looking for for a career. And that also goes in the sales department, yep. in the marketing department, in the tuning department. Every other department that's around As being a mechanic. As you're talking about the formation of our shop, for an example. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys that I work with, end users, you know, or guys that had a couple buddies and, you know, they wanted to start selling tunes or selling turbos. It was a word of mouth thing. They were enthusiasts. They knew hands on how the truck, you know, um, uh, the, the properties worked, you know, how the truck's mechanical side of things came together. Right. And they were able, you know, to, to kind of work off something. And there are guys that you and I can think of right now that we've worked with for the last five, six, seven years that have turned into having shops. Well, let's talk about the sponsor of this segment, Worley. Jason Worley, yeah. who for, for some years when he started his operation, worked full time in a manufacturing facility yep. and literally rented a unit across the street in an industrial building to go and do his fab work on the side yep. at night. Yeah. So 12 hours in the factory, another six or eight hours at night in the yep. shop. And he did that until he could build the business to yep. go and do it full time, until he could go and buy a building. And now they're in a brand new building yep. and just added a whole huge. second round of powder coating yep. and, and fab guys. 30 and some employees. Huge I mean, operation. It's a big operation. Um, but, but again, that's somebody who started with a passion, saw that there was a problem in the market, that's the business yep. end of this, uh, and then executed on it with absolute dedication. And that's what I think we see consistently across the three or four or 500 dealers we deal with over at Duramax Tuner is we get a chance to talk to 
everybody from small mom and pop yep. operations. Shout out to guys like Alan Sweeten and Paul Schmidt, yep. uh, all the way up to the huge distributors and the biggest names in the industry like XDP, yeah, Alligator, yeah, Thoroughbred, Thoroughbred yep. uh, Diesel Performance Products. But the thing that's crazy here is is whether I'm dealing with the sales guys at those bigger you know mail order shops because you know we travel, we have to deal with them on a you know weekly basis, yearly basis, monthly basis, what have you, or the smaller shops that I get to be on the phone with and that I see at the bigger events. They yeah. all have a drive. They all have a passion. And you know, one of the questions that, like, personally, I get a lot within you know customers is, you know, uh, for the guys that think I'm more educated, I'm really not. Um, <laughs> Nobody you go thinks to, that. No, <laughs> I, I fool some. Uh, but that you know, where'd you go to school for this? And it's like, well, I probably have a college degree paid up, and the money I've wasted on a truck, <laughs> like in parts. Like, I think that's a fact. That's a fact. But. I was driven. I was motivated. It was a passion, you know, and I still yeah. am passionate about it right now. Um, but it's it's just fun. It's something that if you were to have asked like me or if someone were to have asked you and you were selling vacuum cleaners back in the day, do you think you'd be here doing something you're passionate about, something that you wake up and you're like, ah, you know, I'm going to go to work. Not a big deal. <laughs> Not like, oh, fuck, this is what I have to do again. I, I was just joking with my wife. This is the first job I've had in that I can remember where it's November and I have sick days left. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I have unused sick days yeah. in November. That's I've never done that before. I've used one vacation day in three years. Well, that's you're fucking twisted. Yeah. No, that, hey, you know what? But vacation. it's just one of those things. Yeah. Sick days too. I think I've used a half a sick day and it was for my daughter, not for me. Yeah. But you know, it's just it's one of those things where if you're driven and you're passionate and you're goal oriented, that's another big one. You know, you can the, have. There is setting some goals. I, I think if we were going to talk about like starting your own business, there's a lot of great yes. places we could point you. There's some really really good books out there. Around Around starting your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good podcasts like Startup Podcasts yeah, from yeah. Gimlet Media uh, and some other kind of marketing and business stuff that you need to know. I think that's the one folly I have seen in diesel performance shops that that didn't make it. Well, and and I don't, I don't want to give you any scare stories here, but where we have seen is we've seen guys have a lot of passion and a lot of knowledge and, and they want to do the best they can. However, they don't understand business. And if you're going to run a successful business, you just you have to understand how business works. So this is not a successful shop is not just a place to hang out and have fun and wouldn't it be cool? A successful shop has a goal. They have a budget. Yeah. They have a metric. They understand that that what makes a business last is not just the product or service they offer. Yeah. It's all of the infrastructure that goes into supporting that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many guys have damn near been put out of business because they can't just figure out to hire a girl to pay the bills on time. Yep. You, no, you know, uh, absolutely. Little things like this, and, and I don't mean to be sexist to no. say a girl, it could be anybody, but but I'm just saying, yeah, like... You can't, when you, basically to touch on that, you yeah. can't just start wrenching on a truck because you want to start a diesel shop, right? Just a shop in general. Right. Be the mechanic from nine to five, you know, be the accountant and, you know, do all the invoices and everything afterwards and be the shop quoter and things like that. Starting off when it's a job here, job there to get your feet rolling, that's fine. But if things start to take off, and you know you start getting in that work and you know word spreads about you know who you are and what your capabilities are you know you're, you're gonna have to build that infrastructure yep. as you're pointing out at the same time um, again not to pick or anything like that but don't take on more than you can chew you know don't think like oh I'm gonna take on this big build for fifty thousand or forty thousand dollars and it's gonna go well because I'll tell you right now you will lose money on that it will not be as easy as you think or you think you can execute in your mind. So the smaller jobs, the little stuff, you know, getting your feet wet, building that foundation, um, the that ones experience. that probably aren't as exciting. They're not as exciting, but 
what it is, is it's knowledge. Knowing the difference between how to make money with your business yeah. and then how to grow your business. Those are the things that you want to learn before you just go and rent a space and start wrenching yeah. on shops. So so as we talk about becoming an owner and, and looking into business and, and understanding risk management yeah. and, and assets and all of, all of the other fun terms, um, it does really help to have somebody in your life that you can kind of rely on as a mentor. Uh, if you're not hanging around your local diesel shop, find one. Uh, the good guys, the bad guys, the ugly guys, it doesn't matter. Be around the industry. Understand some of like what happens behind the scenes before you start trying to be the scene, I, I guess is the best I could put it. Uh, but Chris, today we've talked a lot about Duramax. We've talked about fuel systems. We've talked about the Humvee. We're going to talk about something we never talk about on this show. I'm excited. Everything leading up to this, you prepped me. Uh, you know, I went on some of the forums and uh, got a little lowdown on what's about to go down. But uh, who do we have today? Calibrated Power sponsors our special guest. And today we got a, a really special guest, a little bit out of our comfort zone here, I'm Chris. just going to call him 6'4 Legend. Six. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> DPC <Jesus>. contender, 6'4 <laughs> Legend, Facebook forum. Uh, extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Yeah. Good one. Good Thank one. You. Thank you. Uh, we got JD Gleason on the line. JD, how the hell are you? Uh, doing well, gentlemen. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing Thanks good. for asking. Doing good. Thanks I just want to point out, like I said, you know, a minute ago. So, I JD Gleason. His name's been, you know, in Diesel Power Magazine, things like that. I've read his name. I know who he is. Um, I thought he was like a Ford guy in general. No, he's more like a six four Ford guy. And uh, I just probably <laughs> scrolled through his Facebook and saw more pictures of six fours in the matter of a minute than I, I like I said, I had in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I'm pumped <laughs> for this, dude. I am fucking so excited. <laughs> So thanks for being on the show. We we really do appreciate it. Of course, no, I, uh, I uh, it's an honor for sure. Uh, so oh. J- JD, one of the things um, I had, I had met him at Diesel Power Challenge this okay. past year. Garrett, he was there with the Garrett Osain, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. who who was in. So if you guys listen to some of our previous episodes, you can go back and listen to any of the Garrett Osain episodes. I know I got a couple of good sound bites of JD saying something stupid. Cool. Um, but, no doubt. But no doubt. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. I'm already excited. It, it, it was a wild time, a wild group of guys. It, yeah. it was so much fun. Um, I'll kick off the top of the show here. It was it was an impressive truck for what it was. You know, it's. I don't want to. You know, I don't know anything about six four. I'm just going to be very blunt. But I remember reading all of the magazine articles years ago when like Diesel Power Magazine had Project Godzilla, and it was like this really gorgeous green crew short and people were talking i'm looking at some of the show notes here talking about different horsepowers that we'll get into yeah and uh you know the 6.4 was probably the first truck to put a tune on and make almost 600 horse jd would you agree yeah for sure and uh yeah no uh that's uh godzilla was a truck that um i had the opportunity to spend a lot of time around uh, I had my hands in it some, you know, way back when. It was Mike Dillahay's, yeah, yeah. Uh, a longtime friend of mine. Um, but, yeah, no, and, and that truck actually was one of the big inspirations for me to mess with mine. And, um, you know, uh, Mike Dillahay, as far as performance goes, is, you know, one of the OGs yeah. of the Ford industry for sure. He had, I mean, he had a 7.3 back in, you know, 2005 that was making more power than a lot of guys still make today. So. No, that was, it was always cool. You know, every couple months they'd have another article in there. You know, they the, the Spartan tuners back in the day and, and nitrous. And I remember one of the articles that always sticks in my head and as new 
as new platforms come out, I always fall back onto this one uh, snippet in the article, and it was, oh, these engines are capable of handling X amount of power, but let's see if that you know holds true in a couple years. After these trucks are seasoned and they have some miles on them, and I'll be honest, my knowledge and my understanding in, in, the, in the diesel world as a whole is six fours in stock form are not the most reliable. I always make comments and hear jokes about like cracked pistons and things like that. So it's just funny to read that, and, mm-hmm. and you know, the six four being the predecessor of the six liter, which Honestly, if I was a Ford guy, I don't a six liter. I like six liters. I like the six four. I don't have anything against either one of them, but it seems like the six four has sure. a, a worse off wrap than the six liter did. Would you agree with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, for me, you know, I've been a Ford guy for a long time, and the six four, it, it's now in its, um, you know, in, in its years to where, uh, you know, a lot of people can buy them. They're cheaper, that kind of thing. And so now is when you start seeing, you know, when, you know, people just beat the hell out of them oh, yeah. and they, they have a bunch of problems, blow up, whatever. And the platform itself getting blamed. And the six liter went through that, too. But now that, you know, the six liter, all of its problems have become common. Uh, they're easily fixable. You know what to look out for. Right. People understand what, uh, you know, what their reputations are. Um, you know, people are, are coming back to them and they're like, no, no, I love six liters. They're easy yep. to work on. You know, they're. You know, if it has this problem or this problem, you know, you're going to, uh, you know, be able to fix it quick because it's, it's a common deal. Yeah, yeah. And I think the 6.4 will get there. Um, it's As far as, like, you know, the, the cracking pistons and stuff, the 6 the, yeah, excuse me, the six liters actually had uh, similar issues. But, you know, just because, um, you know, the different design of the injectors, it's not common yeah. or else cylinder pressures are way lower. Uh, it was way more common that 6.4s would crack pistons. Um, than six liters. So, but it, I mean, it is something you see in six liters every once in a while. Uh, the difference in six fours were it, it came about in a, a much bigger way. I, I think a lot of it is because of the injection system and higher cylinder pressures, that kind of thing. But they, um, they meaning Molly, uh, they actually had some casting flaws uh, in their original batches of pistons that went out to international. So, uh, a lot of the earlier trucks had problems. A few of the later trucks did too. Uh, seemed to be, uh, you know, quite a bit less common on, you know, the job two and three trucks. But as far as the earlier ones go, they were. I mean, it seemed like they were pretty hit or miss. So uh, now the pistons have been updated. The casting flaw is, you know, recognized or understood. So a lot of the trucks that, you know ended up having a piston problem they never will again so and that's i think that's a common misconception too is you know if you were going to have problems with it it was going to happen you know stock tuned deleted you know thousand horse whatever but if you didn't have any problems then you know it didn't matter what power level you were at so i guess you know we'll kind of dive into it what are the common failures you know if i was in the market and i was looking at a six four you know i read the magazines right know your name whatever the case may be you know i'm motivated to buy sure. a six four if you were to coach someone through buying one what are the general you know failure points what is there to look out at you know uh you know the the like the job one trucks uh, a few of them would blow head gaskets somewhat similar to the six liters there was an updated head gasket that they went to for the job two and three trucks, and the job two and three trucks didn't really seem to have those problems. 
So, uh, I hold mean, on, hold on, hold on. What, what the hell at. is a job one or a job two? Job one's probably 08, job two is uh, 09, and three is 10. It, it actually it doesn't go by uh, necessarily the model year, but it goes by the build date. And I can't even remember off the top of my head what the build dates were. Uh, but essentially, you know, you could have like a, a 2010 job one, they, those did exist. Oh, wow. Uh, there were also 2008 job threes. Um, I'm not sure what the, uh, the, is it like uh, what shift first, second or third shift? Yeah, right. so like third hey man, shift you bought a sucks. second shift truck, man. Yeah, you, you fucking up. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so anyway, like I said, the, the, uh, like the Pistons, you know, it was a casting flaw. So, you know, some guys got screwed with it. Some didn't. I hear you. Um, but, you know, as far as, uh, like, other common problems they had, um, I mean, it, it, they, they weren't really that bad. Uh, well, emissions equipment. I always, I always like hear any, that, that, ha- that the emissions equipment wreaked havoc on everything built from 08 to 10. If I could just be clear, every diesel ever built from 2008 to 2010, the emissions equipment sucked on yeah. it. But I do hear that that's a major failure uh, point. 100%. And, the, you know, like with the DPS and stuff, just like anything else, um, you know, you get a lot of fuel dilution in the crankcase and stuff. And that, I mean, that isn't necessarily just uh, uh, true for Fords or anything, but um, the 6.4 was something else that suffered from that. But even then, it's, I mean, it's not like diesel fuel takes out bearings or a bottom end or anything like that. It's just, you know, something to watch out for. Right. Um, Have you messed around you know, with, with that? The, uh, Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just trying to ask, uh, have you messed around with that? Didn't Bully Dog do a, a 6.4 DPF, an aftermarket one? You know, I I saw that at SEMA, and I have heard of them, but I've never heard of anybody with one on their truck. <laughs> uh, ATS has actually uh, tried to, to push, like, the, the high-flow DPF, and the only one that I know of is on, like, their Ramgen truck. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. It's on one of their trucks. I can't remember who the Dodge or the Ford, but one of their trucks has uh, a, their one of their high flow DPFs on it, and it actually, from what I understand, it works. But I've never, never looked into it. Yeah, I, I've heard that that one was in prototyping for a while. We talked to the guys over at Bully Dog. I believe we had them on the show to talk about their aftermarket DPF. Uh, sounded really cool. I didn't mm-hmm. know if it had started to to take hold because I don't really watch y- your guys's niche of the industry very closely. Because, like we said, we don't sure. we're just not really big six four guys, right? Um, but sure. as we are starting to move into the six seven performance over here, we're obviously starting to see a lot of crossover in, in just Ford guys in general. Guys who had a six four now they have a six seven. You know, they love that Ford brand and they're just sure. looking to see w- what's the same, what's different. I- I'm I'm wondering. What were some of the major changes besides just the leader and displacement change to go on from the the six fours into the new uh, Scorpion six sevens? Well, so like the the six fours were designed and built by International, and the six seven platform is actually all done by Ford in house, so they share almost nothing. Um, I shouldn't even say almost nothing; they really do share nothing. Um, you know, everything from the block to the crank to, you know, everything, the design of the head, the design of the engine, um, you know, source for fuel system and all that stuff is completely different. Um, you know, like the 6.4 is used all Siemens fuel system and the 6.7 is all Bosch. Um, 
you know, the, the six sevens have reverse flow heads, basically the, uh, exhaust manifolds are in the valley. Um, yeah, they're, they're a totally different animal from the six fours and six sevens are also probably the biggest difference is that the six seven is a main cap engine. Whereas the six four is a, like a bed plate, bed plate clad engine. Okay, for for our guys who are a little bit newer to uh, to engines and builds, uh, what's the difference there? W- what would that mean to an end user? Uh, so essentially, the the way that the crank is held into the block uh, is hugely different. So uh, the bed plate that's in the six floor is it, it. I mean, as you're looking at it, it looks like it's you know the bottom half of the block. It's it's an entire cradle that holds the crank, and from a performance standpoint, it's uh seemingly better just because there's a lot more structure to it a lot more stability um you know trucks that make big horsepower big torque uh you know the crank tries to move around obviously your cylinder pressures and and all that are trying to push the crank out of the block so uh engines like the six seven um you know they just have caps that hold the uh uh, the crank into the block. So essentially the bottom part of the block, you see the crank and then you just bolt the cap, uh, over top of the crank to hold it in place. Um, I mean, not to say that that's not a, uh, you know, a, a good design or anything like that, or can't be improved upon. Uh, like obviously the Duramaxes are, you know, for you guys are a main cap engine as well. Uh, the big downfall for Fords is the aftermarket for Ford stuff really isn't there like it is for the Dodge and Cummins because Ford's changed platforms so many times. Right. Um, right now, there's no billet main caps or girdles or anything like that available for the 6.7 Fords like there are the Duramaxes and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Is that one of the reasons that you're, you're still dedicated to that, that 6.4 platform? Because that does really seem to be where you shine the most is really around those 6.4s. Uh, why why stick with those? Why haven't you kind of just said, you know what, hey, the 6.4 was cool, but jump into the 6.7s now that they're available? I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot of it. Um, there's there's still a long way for the 6.7s to go before I think they'll be reliable at the power level that the 6.4s can be. Um, there's a truck, actually, uh, that a good friend of mine, uh, Nick Alderelli in New Jersey. Hi, Nick. He, uh, he's got a 6.7, and he actually is starting to push it now. It's becoming one of the fastest, like, steel body Super Duties uh, around. It went 949 at 149 a couple weeks ago at just over 6,000 pounds. So um, it's making a, you know, real, right around a legitimate 1,400 horsepower, and it actually has lived quite a bit longer than... I mean, I anticipated for sure, uh, maybe not a few other guys, but, um, you know, he beat the crap out of that truck all year and, uh, for a bunch of the season last year too, in another truck. So, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, I don't know. The, the six four has gotten such a bad name and that's part of why I've, you know, kept pushing mine and mine's just, it's like, for the most part, I haven't been able to kill it. Uh, I split the block in it now, what seems like forever ago. Uh, but, I mean, it made, you know, 2,100 foot-pounds on fuel on big tires. And every time I pulled it out of the garage, I drove it sideways everywhere I went, you know. So 
whatever. <laughs> I can't really blame it for that. <laughs> I, I don't know how you fit. I, I've never killed it, and I split the block into the same sentence, but well played, sir. I like, I like your style. <laughs> I, I, just, I mean, the thing's been great to me. I've put more miles on a built motor than, or on, I should say, built engines or whatever. Yeah. Uh, at big power numbers, you know, four digits plus. And um, it's treated me very well. Like, uh, aside from once, it's only it only ever stranded me once, and I broke an input shaft in it, and I was out screwing around doing stuff I shouldn't have been spraying it. So, <laughs> oh well. So, what's the setup of your current that six four? That truck has seen more nitrous on the street than any five vehicles ever should, for sure. <laughs> so, what's the setup of the six four that you currently have well, for the listeners? What's that look like? Uh, so here's how it went. So. Uh, I put the block in it. I was actually going to ACS's gauntlet challenge. Um, we owned the dyno that uh, we ran it outside at ACS's uh, event. And at the time, I was considering putting my truck in the gauntlet, depending on how much time we had. So I took it out of the garage. It was, you know, it had been snowing, so it hadn't been out of the garage in, a, you know, a couple months. And I took it out and, you know, did a good. 50 to 130 pull in it or something and it split the block so at that time it had uh some elite diesel what they call the max power x's uh it was a 66 vgt uh you know that was designed and built by elite and then uh, a precision 88 as an atmosphere um at the time it had some 90 overs in it from ddp elite dual pumps uh you know all the supporting mods you could think of, I guess. And it made a little over a thousand on fuel. Um, I'd sprayed it to 1500, um, on ATS dyno, as you guys know. Is, Holy is, shit. Uh, probably 2000 yeah, anywhere yeah, else I, in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As far as combined numbers go, uh, as far as I know, I've got the highest forward number on their dyno ever combined numbers. Tim Yawn has put up a little bit more horsepower than me, but less torque. Uh, so anyway, um, so I split the block then, and at the time, uh, a good friend of mine who uh, you guys actually met at Diesel Power Challenge, uh, he was on our team with Garrett, his name was Darren, uh, he was pounding my, you know, beating my door down to buy that turbo setup, and I was somewhat interested in uh, switching to something else, so I sold him that turbo setup. And I'm in the process of rebuilding it um, now. So it will have uh, some precision compounds in it. It's a precision 6870 and then uh, another 88-millimeter atmosphere. But um, it's actually out at Rudy's right now. And uh, uh, another good friend of mine who I used to work with here in Colorado, I actually got him a job at Rudy's. Uh, he is my fabrication guy, and he is he is undoubtedly one of the most talented people in this industry. Um, dedication beyond anything I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but he is helping me with that. So uh, whenever I have time and he has time, I fly out there and, you know, we spend a, a weekend working on it. And uh, I'm actually really excited about the new setup. It should be something... Um, you know, pretty cool as far as uh, uh, just the, the 
quality of components and all that kind of stuff that, you know, a lot of guys don't go to that extent. It'll be all titanium charge piping and, um, wow. you know, top to bottom, all hand done, you know, one-off. Uh, as far as the piping goes, a lot of Nathaniel's blood, sweat, and tears. It's, it's going to be cool. That's awesome. Okay, cool, man. Well, I'm definitely excited to see it. Um, I got a feeling one of the places I'm going to end up getting to see it is at the call-out. Now, I'm not talking about the ultimate call-out challenge. I'm talking about a call-out that spawned from the 08-10 Ford 6.4 Power Stroke. Uh, that is the official title yeah. of the Facebook group. I fucking hate <laughs> names of Facebook groups. Yeah. There is no good Facebook group name on earth. I hate them all. Uh, your guys's is just as terrible as everyone else, so don't Dude, worry. Dude, what an asshole. Dude, we're, we don't no have argument. to be shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, if you've been on this page, you I know that, that JD has absolutely no feelings. I'll never I'll never um, get accepted in. What kind of truck do you own? These, Not a fucking Ford. I, I, think I, wrote, I think I wrote Audi, just to, <laughs> just to see if they would still approve it. Um, no, I, I don't know what I wrote. But I, I'll add you today, don't worry. No, oh, oh, I'm added, motherfucker. I, I, I did my homework. Um, I was talking to Chris. Oh, right, I'm going on right now. I'm down for, I'm down for a good time. So let's get into this. What's this call out? What is it? Yeah, give us a little backstory here, JD. Um, w- without without slandering uh, anybody, this is going to get published to the general public. And if you want to call them out on the podcast yeah. live, go for so it. I'm cool. With be that. careful about your legal liabilities. We do not support <laughs> no, no. or endorse anything you're saying. We are just having you on as a guest. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I'm not going to say anything about, you know, somebody can't defend themselves here. But uh, long story short, there was um, uh, some guys uh, pushing some tuning on on that page. And um, uh, there was uh, some feedback from some of this guy's customers that wasn't very great. So I took it upon myself to, to make a comment about it, essentially to the effect of, you know, uh, get your shit together, otherwise, you know, we don't want you on this page kind of deal. Um, in so many words, it, it was way worse than that. I'm a terrible person, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, a little trash talking ensued back and forth, and uh, it got somewhat personal, and he decided that he wanted to call me out um, I, you know, for whatever, uh, you know, whatever that was worth. Um, we agreed upon a, like a DPC style showdown, uh, something with, um, you know, dino drag, sled pull, uh, you know, make it a little, a little interesting. And he added that he wanted me to bring three competitors with me. And he said that he would bring three other guys as well. So there's going to be essentially two teams of four of us uh, going head-to-head uh, in Colorado. And it's, like, originally it kind of started out off as a call-out, but it's, uh, as more and more details have emerged from it, there is actually an event going on that we will basically be competing at. And this event is called the... High Plains Diesel Shootout. It's at uh, Pueblo Motorsports Park in Colorado here in Pueblo, uh, May 18th and 19th of 2019. Uh, Matthew Fetty is putting on the event, and, uh, you know, for a lot of you guys that, you know, may recognize that name uh, or may not, uh, Team Punisher is who he's associated with. He's got a little uh, Pro Mod 6-liter 
uh, Ford. It's like a 60s body style Ford with a blown six liter in it. It's actually a, a very cool truck. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, he's got a ton of work into it, and they're they're getting it dialed in, and it's starting to go faster. Um, should be pretty cool. I love it, man. Well, I, I'm really excited for it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure after this airs, you guys are going to get all four of our listeners to go onto the group and, and try to request on so that they can see this. Uh, if you miss drama on Facebook and a lot of shit talking between what's clearly a bunch of guys who enjoy themselves, um, ju- jump on. It, it is... I, I, I do look for these, by the way. I am. This is like my guilty pleasure. I don't watch reality TV. I read Facebook comments. Oh, and he disrupts the whole office. I in do. The mix. Like, he's like, did you read on this forum? What happened? And I'm like, Paul, I have a fucking life. I'm yeah. not on the Facebook forum. And that's his life. It he, is. He's very passionate it's, about reading other people's bullshit. I, I, get, I get paid to do it. Um, so, so anyways, it, 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 was, it was a lot of fun to read some of this shit. Uh, but yeah, no, you guys definitely should check it out. I know we're going to be following along at the event. That that comes down to like right right around UCC, right? It's like the weekend before, or the weekend after. I think it's a couple weekends after. After, okay, cool. Because if, if if it's there, whew, man, I might have to make it out. Might have to see this one live. Uh, I did want to give you a chance here. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I did want to give you a chance here. Generally, when we have a, an expert on for different categories, we like to give you a couple of examples. Chris and I pretend like we're the customer, and we let you make some just kind of general recommendations. Yeah. We didn't write super detailed biographies on these. No. Uh, there's just a couple bullet points. Sure. Which is my note to Chris to make something up. Uh, He's giving so me the seductive look. Uh, you love it. I'll, love I will it. kick things off. Uh, okay, so, J.D., I am a towing customer. I really... I. I I'm heavy towing, probably a camper, back and forth across the country. Hey, man, I'm an old guy. I'm on a budget, which is what every old guy has ever told me. Um, and I'm looking to get five to 600 horsepower out of my 6.4. What do I need to do? Uh, I mean, your best bet uh, would be a good tune. I've been been uh, unbelievably happy with gearhead tuning. Um, as far as the Ford stuff goes, their, their tuning is the cleanest. And seemingly the smoothest. It's uh, it's what I run in, in all the, the trucks that I build, all the stuff that I work on. Uh, it's in my fiance's truck, my truck. Uh, anything that I've ever needed, he's he's been uh, you know more than happy to accommodate for me, and I I've always appreciated that. Um, but for big tow, you know, towing heavy, uh, a turbo upgrade is always always what a six four wants. Uh, like a drop-in from Elite Diesel, just uh, an atmosphere that uh, has had a little work done to it uh, is cheap. You know, you're under 1500 bucks for a uh, drop-in turbo, and, I mean, they'll, they'll make 650 on totally stock fuel with just a tune and an atmosphere turbo. So put one of those in it and turn it down, and you've got 500 to 600 There you go. Yeah. Nice and easy, man. Awesome. Chris, you got the next one. Yeah, I'm going to push the envelope. Uh, I went on Craigslist, and I found uh, a one-owner, light-used, 150,000-mile truck. It's a, it's an 09, and uh, I want 800 horse out of it. I tow uh, yeah, maybe four times a year. Uh, I'm going to take the truck to the drag strip. Uh, I want to hang out with my friends and beat up on some ricers. Sure. Uh, also simple. Um this is uh, my best buddy Justin has or had a, uh, a truck with this exact setup in it. Uh, 
a set of dual fuelers, um, a low-pressure fuel system, some 60-over injectors, and uh, Elite. They call them the high-power juniors. It's a 59 and a 76 stock appearing setup. They make, you know, right at 800 on fuel. Um, you know, put some nitrous to them, and they'll make 1,100-plus all day long. Um, yeah, it's, it's a blast to drive. It lights instantly. Uh, it runs cool. You can tow whatever you want with it. And, uh, yeah, they just they love getting beat at that power level. That's, like, their favorite thing ever. <laughs> now, <laughs> this is, what, what are we doing on transmission engine? Are those stock? Like, what does that look like? Am I going to have to budget for that, or...? Honestly, it's, I mean, you, you can run a stock trans, 800 horse, and it's a gamble. With good trans tuning, it'll live for quite a while. It will shock you. <laughs> it, it really will. Um, my truck, I probably made, I don't know, 100 passes, 150 passes, at, you know, between 700 and 800 horse on a totally stock transmission. And, uh, I ended up swapping it out for a built one because I was entering a diesel power challenge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they'll live. Otherwise, uh, I mean, you can plan for mild to wild for the trans. Um, you know, you can get a decent rebuilt trans with a good converter for, you know, 4500 bucks, Or you can go full billet and go nuts for eight grand. You know, it's, there's uh, options either way. The thing with Ford, though, is we're handicapped because we're heavy. Uh, Fords are like the fat kid of the group. Yeah, for and, sure. You know they always have been, and you know that's hard on transmissions. So, wow. Now uh, at eight hundred horse, the stock long block. I mean, anything there? Like, what does that look like? Uh, no, I, I mean, it, it all goes back to uh, you know piston issues. If it's a factory long block, you know, at one hundred and fifty k, chances are you're probably not going to run into a cracked piston. Otherwise, you would have already. Um, and if you hadn't, then you're good to go. Uh, I mean, it's any newer diesel that, that makes, you know, the power that they do, the torque that they do, you know, instant throttle response, that kind of thing. The bearings don't live nearly as long as, as they used to, you know, I guess seven, three guys all the time. Oh, well, I should, you know, lives to 400,000 miles and it's hardly broke in. Well, your shit also makes 200 horsepower and, you know, doesn't make any torque. <laughs> That's how this whole thing works. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you've ever driven a, a 6.4 with a tuner or any other power adders, you know the throttle response is immediate. And that's what kills bottom ends and bearings. But as far as, um, you know, the strength of the bottom end, they will hold uh, 800 all day long. Um, it's pretty rare that you see... Uh, bent rods or anything like that um, under a thousand horse. It, I mean, it does happen every once in a while. You get fluke stuff that goes on, um, but it's it's not the norm for sure. Uh, like I was telling you about the Justin's truck, um, it trapped 120, 121 and some change with uh, one stage to it. On 35-inch tires at like 8,650 pounds at 6,000 feet, which calculates to like 1,033 horse, and that was a totally stock bottom end, stock rods, stock pistons. It you know never skipped a beat. I mean that's some that's some straight up you know five nine coming shit that you're telling me right now. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, for it sure. is. And uh, you know, and at the same time, you know, like a, a lot of the guys that make a thousand horse 
their trucks don't make a ton of torque. You know, a lot of guys go, you know, the single route or some big-ass compounds to get there. Uh, we're talking stock-appearing turbos here. So uh, at, at 1,000 horse, it's making 2,000 foot-pounds of torque, oh, yeah. you know, no problem. Right. And that's just, that's how they are. Six fours are torque monsters. Well, how about taking one out to the max? I mean, what's the ultimate DPC build? You know, it's, it's tough to say. Because uh, you've been involved in like, two now. You know, so Garrett's, what's that? Well, I said you've been involved in two DPCs now. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, how would you change it from Garrett's build-up? Uh, you know, honestly, like, Garrett's build or, like, mine was very similar to Garrett's. Uh, just my atmosphere was a little bit bigger. Um, you know, between those two builds, uh that's i mean really kind of an ideal setup i mean you uh, you saw how how well it performed how that truck responded uh we just had a problem in the drags where the the pump and the transmission exploded yeah and it was one of those things where we should have bought uh one of uh david at red diamond's new roller bearing pumps for it um but it was just one of those things where it wasn't broke so we didn't fix it and uh, it ended up, as far as I'm concerned, costing us the competition. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, you guys were, were had to be way. I didn't see the points, obviously, like all the way through, but like you guys had to be way out in front on it. I, I mean, it just it, he was doing so well. Yeah, I mean, originally we were uh, not to take anything away from Cody either, um, but no, Cody yeah, we, we were uh, we were for sure in the hunt for first, and taking us out of the drag uh, really killed us. Um, yeah. You know, especially. The testing that we did up, uh, you know, the couple weeks before DPC, um, the drags, we were ready to go head-to-head with any truck there. Right. So, uh, but, you know, like I said, something that, that spools fast uh, is is going to be, you know, a, a contender in Diesel Power Challenge. It, it's not a, an all-out power thing necessarily, but a truck that you can drive that's responsive and you know how it reacts is going to beat power almost every time yeah and avoiding cones i hear you yeah uh <laughs> little known fact uh garrett got sent a uh traffic cone costume for halloween and i actually never got to see him in it <laughs> but uh it was a pretty good time <laughs> everybody it wasn't even just garrett man everybody you could not go through that course over five miles an hour and not crush cones it was rough it, it was so mod. rough yeah driver mod, chuck man. awesome man uh it looked pretty tight for sure yeah it, it was it was fucking i was so glad i didn't have to drive and seeing the cops run around the course that day that was that was probably my favorite part of it um i mean let's face it paul you couldn't even do it in your own fucking vehicle with no trailer come on quit playing dude you're terrible <laughs> um you know i get home <laughs> <laughs> Gets home, says, I, I get home with Uber. Yeah, to leave me alone. All right, man, JD, I appreciate you coming on and talking six fours. Listeners, for all you guys who asked us to talk about six fours, and I, I wrote back rude responses. I'm sorry, we finally did it. Uh, listeners, the guys who called out and said, "Hey, can you have on JD Gleason to talk yeah. about this Facebook uh, call out going on?" I finally did it. Leave oh, me alone God. about six fours. I'm done. This is I checked off the list. Dude, I'm sold. I want one. Next year we'll talk about them again. I want one. I'm j- I'm just joking. Uh, no, it, it was a lot of fun. We always appreciate the messages, even from you six four guys. Please keep sending them in. Uh, we'd love to talk to you guys more about it. JD, anybody you want to give a final shout out to here? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. I guess. Um. <laughs> 
now let's let's reconvene you know later in the season and uh, we'll see how the season goes and all that for fours and six fours and you know maybe even talk to you at the, the call out event. I love How's it. That? No, I we'll love talk it, man. To you. We're gonna schedule another you know. Um, Whatever this is, another powwow on six four. That's when we're gonna do it. Oh, oh, on June fourth. Yeah, dude. Okay, I like that. Got it. Love dude, it. That's national. <laughs> Please do. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. This has been Paul Wilson and Chris Hemke. Have a great night. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, PowerStroke, John Deere Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Chris at C-E-H-M-K-E at DuramaxTuner.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback is appreciated. Please rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and by all means, let us know if you have any ideas for a podcast. We'd love to hear from you. I'm not sure what the uh, the is it like uh, what shift first second or third was? shift yeah, right. so like third hey man shift you bought a sucks. second shift truck man yeah, you, you fucking up. idiot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>